Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, it's always good for me to be back in North Belfast. Uh, we have retired to Lurgan, and it's the first time I've ever lived outside of a city. And uh, it, it's, uh, we're thoroughly enjoying it. But the first person who asked me, uh, where were we living in retirement? And I said to them, we're living on the Rabore Road out of Lurgan, said, any road out of Lurgan is a good road. Now, I have to tell you that, that you live on my road. I grew up, I, I grew up on the shore road in St. Catherine's Parish, just down the road from you. Uh, my father worked on the Herdman Channel, and most of you will not know where that is, but it's over there somewhere. And he got the trolley bus from Donegal Park Avenue to just here every single day of his life. In fact, he used to come back for lunch sometimes on the trolley bus as well. Uh, and he got off at the station that used to be across the road in the olden days. So those of you who remember the olden days, what was that station called? York Road Railway Station. And the last time I came to St. Paul's, you told me that you were in York Street because it was more classy than York Road. So how was York Road Railway Station across the road if this was York Street? There's a question for you. Uh, and I remember... I was thinking about the most famous of certain things. Uh, the most famous boat in the world is our ship is the Titanic, which came from Belfast, and as they always say, was perfectly good when it left here. The most famous flautist of the in the world is. And I remember bringing James Galway here for a mission because he had told me at a concert in Down Cathedral that he was chased from the railings of St. Paul's in York, whatever it is. He was chased from the railings by the rector at the time when he was a kid. So never chase anybody from the railings. Andrew, open the gates and open the doors uh, to everybody who wants to come. So... I, I had, was talking to him, and I was then doing this mission, and he'd given me his email or something, and I said, now, James, would you think of coming back to the church where you were chased from the railings? And some of you were there. Who was there that night that James Galway was? Only one person. Oh, a few people. They're all just shy. Some in the choir. Yes. So the most famous flautist in the world. One of the things I was wondering about was, what do you think is the most famous sign or symbol in the world? Uh, you, you might say that, well, it, it might be the golden arches of McDonald's. Or it might be Coca-Cola. Uh, or it might be the symbol of the heart, meaning love. But probably, probably, certainly it's up there. The most famous symbol in the world is the cross. Now, it comes in all different forms. You've got Celtic crosses. You've got 
clutching crosses that people hold on to when they're ill or they're dying. You've got St. Bridget's crosses on the 1st of February where people weave together like Bridget did as she was explaining the gospel to an old Irish chieftain, weave together straw and make it into a cross. You've got very nice gold crosses that people wear around their necks. Uh, and, and people wear the cross, they carry the cross, they make the sign of the cross. When you're baptized, the cross is put on your forehead. And the cross is a really, really well-known symbol. And you've even got a cross. Some of you old boys, old women there will remember the days when you weren't allowed to have a cross on a communion table at the Church of Ireland, which was the most ridiculous thing ever. And it was a parishioner from Carrick Fergus, Billy Milner, in the 1960s. They got that all changed and were glad to have the cross at the very centre uh, of everything that we are and everything that we do. But it's pointed out by Nicky Gumbel in the Alpha Course, or it used to be anyway, that it would be a very weird thing if somebody put round their necks a gallows or a noose. And we don't realize the, the scandal, the, the, the ridiculousness, the, the craziness of wearing and having as the symbol of the Christian faith, indeed at the heart of our lives, uh, something so awful, something so despised, uh, something in which it says that in the old rugged cross, doesn't it? So despised by the world, uh, which has become usual to us, but is a very unusual thing to do, because the cross was the very pits. It was the very worst way to die. It says that in Philippians about Jesus. He made himself nothing, taking the very form of a servant, and it kind of goes down from him coming down from heaven made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, and was made in human likeness. And being found in, the appear in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross, the most cruel, the most despised, uh, the most feared death of all. Our reading from 1 Corinthians today it's about that. It's about the cross. Not surprisingly that we have that reading because we're coming, as Andrew said, up towards Holy Week, Good Friday, and Easter. And the cross, uh, I want to give you four C's because those are easier to remember, but don't worry about remembering. The first thing I want to say about the cross in this passage is the cross is the very center of our faith. It's the very center. It was central to the teaching of Paul. In 1 Corinthians 1.17, he has just said, Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, eloquence lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. And in 1 Corinthians 2, the next chapter, he says, I resolved to know nothing when I was with you except Jesus Christ and him 
crucified. And in Galatians 6.14, that passage where uh, Isaac Watts uses it in when, when I survey the wondrous cross, God forbid that I should boast save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The cross is so central to our message as Christians that the Gospels, a third of them, is made up of what went on in that last week. That's why when we have things like the Tenebrae or whatever, uh, or the three-hour service, the readings go on and on and on and on, because for the gospel writers, it was really, really important to understand the journey of Jesus to the cross. And of course, the cross is given to us as the thing which we remember above everything else when we come to the Lord's table. This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The cross is absolutely central to our faith. The second C is this. The cross is challenging. You see, for some of us who grew up in the years of Christendom, the days that we romantically think at least everybody went to church, it was just presumed. It was just presumed that, the, that, that we believed that Jesus died on the cross, that everybody believed that Jesus died on the cross on the first Good Friday. There was nothing to argue, nothing to explain, nothing to scandalize people about that. It was just what you believed. But in the day in which we live today, many people know nothing whatever about the cross. There was a play in the West End in London, I can't remember its name, about 30 years ago. And it had a scene in it in which uh, a woman went into a jeweler's shop and she said to the jeweler, I want to buy a cross. And he said, well, now, what kind of cross would you like? A gold cross. And he said, and would you like the one that's plain or would you like the one with the wee man on it? That was 30 years ago. Do any of you listen to the chase like I listen to the chase? Every, who listens to the chase or watches the chase? Are you ever shocked by the questions people can't answer? about Christianity or about the Bible or whatever. Brad, Randy Walsh is shocked by the questions that people can't answer. The simplest of questions. There is a world out there that doesn't really know very much about the cross. And of course it was true uh, in the time of Jesus that nobody expected the cross. Nobody uh, 
could understand what had happened on the cross that had to be explained. Nobody thought for one minute uh, that one old rugged cross on the hill of Calvary on one particular Good Friday with one person dying among many others who were dying, that that would be the center of history. And as Paul begins to explain it, he says, we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. So that for the Jews, this couldn't be. How could it possibly be that the one who is the Son of God actually dies on a cross? It, it blew their minds. It was totally the opposite of the kind of Messiah that they had hoped for, planned for, and expected. And still for people who are in, in the Islamic religion, they, they cannot grasp why a Christian could possibly believe that, that Jesus is God's Son if he died on a cross. How could it be possible that God could die on a cross? And so for the Jews, they were saying, this cannot be true. This is so much the opposite of anything we had hoped for, anything we had expected, or anything that we had understood, or anything that we had planned. And for the Greeks, for the Gentiles, who were in Corinth very intelligent, clever people, or at least there were a lot of intelligent, clever people among them. And uh, you'll know from Paul's preaching in Athens on Mars Hill uh, that that these people would gather and their philosophers and their poets and their cultured people would come together to listen to what people were saying. And they just thought it was absolutely crazy. The cross is a challenge. It turned the world completely upside down. It couldn't be understood by the Jews. It was foolishness to the Gentiles. And yet the third C, cross is central, it's a challenge. The cross is crucial. Crucial. Now, anybody who knows any Latin, which is probably not many people nowadays, will know the word crux, from which the word crucial comes, is the word cross. It's crucial. Because it is challenging and challenging to explain in the world of today, we can be inclined with those who are secular people or who really don't grasp it, we can be inclined to avoid it. I remember when I was a rector of a parish in Cork uh, and we were doing the Alpha course. I remember being invited round to the house of two people in the parish during the course and another person who had come in on it. And they said, we want you to come round and explain to us why Jesus had to die on the cross. 
And when I was instituted into that parish, the person preaching on that day had used this passage from 1 Corinthians. And what he had said to us is this, that when you're speaking about the gospel, the cross of Jesus, it might seem like a tiny little seed in your hand. And you might think to yourself that that seed could just be trampled and destroyed in a minute. But that seed carries within it such power to change people's lives. It's absolutely crucial. So I went along this night, and I really felt I had a little seed in my hand. How am I going to explain to them? I can tell them what the Bible says, but how am I going to explain to them uh, why Jesus had to die on the cross? I know Jesus had to die on the cross. I know he did die on the cross. I know he carried my sins and the sins of the world on the cross. I know that he opened the way to God on the cross. I believe all of that. I have stepped into that. I have come to faith in him. But how do I explain that to somebody else? And I'm sure you sometimes feel the same thing. And I came back and I said to my wife, I don't know how that went, but I'm going to tell you something. That particular person, in fact, I think all three of those people, came over the next few months by the inner working of the Holy Spirit of God to an understanding of faith in Christ. Indeed, I remember Bill, who was standing here, would give you this testimony. I remember Bill, who was at, he traveled uh, lecturing in different places, and he arrived in at the Good Friday service in the church I was in in Cork. And it was a special mission we were having. And the only place he could find a seat was in the choir stalls. And he got a seat in the choir stalls. He'd come in late. And at the end of that service, there was an opportunity for people to come forward and to be prayed with uh, for anything in their hearts, including choosing to follow the way of the and I just heard Bill across the church bawling and bawling and bawling because the Lord, by the power of the Spirit, had touched his life. And if that man were standing here today, he would tell you that when he grew up in Canada, it was. He said, people said the cross is an example. But it is an example. People said the cross is a sign of unjust treatment. And it is a sign of unjust treatment. But nobody ever told me that the cross was the way of salvation. It was the way of dealing with my sin. It was the way of bringing me into a relationship with Jesus Christ in which he rejoices today. The cross is crucial. And never, when you have to try to explain the gospel, never be afraid. Say, look, this is 
what I see in the Bible. This is what has transformed my life, and this is what can transform yours. The cross is central, challenging, crucial. There's no gospel without it. All is absolutely clear. And the last one is in a little word in verse 24. But for those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, God has called people in every part of the world, in every race, and every tribe, and every nation. He's called people who were in his ancient people, Israel. He called people who they thought were outside the fold. He called them to himself, and they began to understand that when the cross is preached, it actually distinguishes between those who are called by God and those who are not. The response we make distinguishes us. And of course, in those days, those who were called who understood, who said, yes, the first thing that happened to them was they were baptized into what? Into the death of Jesus Christ and into the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, you may feel you are small, but you are the ones whom God has called to follow him. In this place, you're the ones to whom he has entrusted the message of the cross. And my prayer for you is that being faithful to the way of the cross, laying down our lives for him as he laid down his life for us, and being faithful to the way of the cross, you will find even with all the challenges which there will be. They're well. Goodness me, people are dying because they're following the way of the cross. That you will find a real sense of deep joy in following him and a real sense that the way of the cross leads to the power of the resurrection and the power of the resurrection leads to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to enable us to do his will. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for help. I've thrown into our like phrase, I all started saying our mixed and morning drama hundred. These three is the one we Brexit. That's number one. Oh, here's what I take it back. Well,